Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope you enjoy the following message by Bishop Keith McLeod. Judges chapter 7, verse 27. Gideon, who's heard of Gideon and the 300 men? Forget about the 300 they've done with Sparta. This, he was beyond that, amen. The 300 Spartans or the 300, the latest movie some years ago, this is the original. This is Gideon and the 300. But before he got there, this is some things he had to do. Verse 27. It's disappeared. I'll speak by faith. Verse 27. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. They said one to another, who has done this thing? When they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, hath done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, bring out thy son, that he may die, because he hath cast down the altar of Baal. Now let me quickly say, because we didn't read the whole chapter, those Altars belonged to Gideon's father. And so he had to, he was afraid of his own father, but he went by night. And it just shows that when he cast them down and destroyed them, freedom came to the nation. It's important to know, and I'm summarizing, because summary today is important. Gideon was chosen by God to deliver Israel from the Midianites, the enemies of Israel and God. And an angel came to him and said, Gideon, you mighty man of valor, you are a prince, you are chosen. The Bible says he was the lowest in his father's house. He was the least of all. But he was chosen by God to deliver. And he said, how can I do this? Little me, he was saying. But God had chosen him. He then starts to realize that, okay. And the person that was talking to him was actually an angel disguised. Because he went to cook for him. But realized it was an angel that was speaking. Then he built an altar and said, this is the place called Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah our peace. So he builds that altar. Then he's now... Shifting forward, he's progressing and a great acceleration is coming into this lowly man's life 
out of nowhere, is he now going to be the leader of the nation in speedy time? And I'm prophesying over people here today that you have been destined by God to do great things in your region, in your society, in your communities, in your life, in your, in your future, for your future families. Things have been planned by God for you. But there are hindrances there. And the altars of Baal, the altars of the demonic forces, must be thrown down and destroyed. Curses placed upon us have to be destroyed. Now, the Bible says, cursed is he who hangs on a tree. Jesus was on the cross, the tree. And he became the curse for us. And he took the curse for us. But it's like everything else with God, like Pastor Neil was saying, if we don't give something, we don't get anything back. It's the fact that we then have to say something to break the curses that have been around our lives maybe for a long time. And we have to destroy them by saying them. Then that appropriates Jesus to come and sweep in with his broom and take all the curses from you and attach them to himself. Because he became a curse for us on the cross. And so here is Gideon in my summary today. He is now struggling. But he then puts a fleece down. He says, I need to know if it's really God speaking. And I think that's very wise because if you look today, so many people running and going here and there, and we're all making mistakes. But he checked with God twice. He put the fleece down and he said, If, Lord, will you show me, let the fleece be dry and, and the land be wet. No, it's the other way around. Let the fleece be wet and the land dry in the morning because there was dew that would come on the land. That morning, the, the ground was dry and the fleece was wet. And he says, no, I need to check this in case that's something else causing it. That was a coincidence. So he puts the fleece down for the next day and night. And he, he says, let the fleece be dry and the ground be wet. And so it worked out exactly according to his prayers. The opposites of each took place. But then he knew now that God was with him. But then he could not step into the mighty man of valor's status. Even though the prophecy was on him to be the mighty man of valor, to deliver Israel from the Midianites, he could not do it until he destroyed the curse that was coming from his father. When he destroyed the curse, and the curse was in the altars and the groves. The groves are lines of trees. You know, like we go to some place and it's called, I think we got like groves here in Watford and groves, groves of trees. Either side of the, the, the road, and you've got these beautiful trees, they're called groves. A lot of these trees were offered to demonic forces, to spirits and of deities that we are not to worship. And so the Bible says God was angry with his people, first of all, because they turned to idol worship and they turned to Baal worship. And the, the Chaldeans and the Babylonians and those, those, the Egyptian orders, and these things came into effect to affect the very land. And so God then drew his hand the blessing away and said, my people have to suffer until they cry out to me. 
And so when they start to cry out to him, God looks around, who can I choose? And he found little Gideon. Oh yes, he found little Gideon, but he's got to work with Gideon. He says, but Gideon, you can't move forward in the blessing until that thing is destroyed. But he respected his father so much, but he would not go boldly to his face. But he took ten with him, and he went at the night and destroyed it all. And, and you can see where the story was leading as we're reading, that the whole city was rising up now in anger. But we have to break this thing. I said, we have to break this thing. We have to break this thing. Now, let me just, uh, one of the things we're going to definitely deal with today is called the sins of the forefathers. Everyone say the sins of the forefathers. Now, our scripture, much scripture that uh, declares this in the Bible. Uh, and let me just quickly get there to show you. Everyone say, praise you the Lord. And we have to break the cycle of our parents, our foreparents, their sins and things they've done. Some people did things to help the family. Some did it to make money. Some did it to uh, benefit the family for posterity in many generations. That they would become rich and become great in the earth. Some did it to protect their family because... Things were going bad, so they would go to whoever they want to go to, some spiritualist or whatever, and get some words spoken over them to change their situations. But what people don't know when they go to these types of occultists, whether they be uh, psychics, tarot card readers, whether they be um, opium men, whether they be juju men, whether they be witch doctors, or whether they be Freemasons, all of that group there, and there are more, when you go to them, they then make what is called covenants. They make agreements over the family. And I can't go too deep, but I'm not here to scare you. But they make agreements over the family. And they say, we will choose in the future one child or three children as a sacrifice. It will not happen in your generation, but in the future it will take place. That family or that particular individual will never prosper. They will be sick. They will have incidents after incident, negative incidents that come into their lives. But God has given us the blood of Jesus Christ and the name of Jesus Christ and the angels of God and the word of God and the protection of the sword of the spirit and the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the, our, our loins being girded around with truth and having the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we have the word of God in our mouth to overcome every power of darkness. We must not fear. But we must be strong in the hour that we are now living in. The scriptures say, Leviticus 26, verse 40 to 42. It says, but if my people will confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their forefathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, that they also which have walked contrary to me, and that I also have walked contrary to them. 
and have brought them into the land of their enemies, if their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt, then I will remember my covenant that I had made with Jacob and Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember. I will remember the land. You will notice many times in the Old Testament when God met someone for the first time and they weren't sure was it God or whatever it whatever this apparition was or the burning bush was or whatever they saw, whatever this contact with God was, God would open the statement. He says, I am the God of your fathers. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. And I am the God of Jacob. And then sometimes he will say, and I am that I am. Which means, whatever you need, I am. And so he would, God would say this to someone who was very troubled. Someone who wasn't sure of themselves. Someone whose family had been cut off from them. Someone who was in confusion or just completely upside down, inside out. And the first thing God was said, I am your father. And he's trying to get that straight with us all. No matter what we're going through. No matter where we've been. No what has happened in our family. Oh yes, now even if they've rejected us. Even if we've brought up an orphan. Well, I'm here to tell us that we have a father. We have a father. And he loves us. And he's going to do war for you and me. So that's the first thing to notice. Then he says, I'm the God of Abraham. Abraham, the man of faith. I'm the God of Isaac. Isaac never worked for anything. Everything was given to him on a plate. I'm the God of Jacob. That means the, the one who trips people up and causes problems. And is, he will just cheat you out of anything. But God says, I will change that heart and turn him into a prince. Because God changed Jacob into Israel. And we're here to tell you today, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what demons are fighting you, whatever torment you're having in your dreams at night, whatever is taking your sleep away, whatever is trying to take advantage of you, whatever is happening out there, it's not happening just because it's happening, but it's happening. A lot of it's happening because of what our forefathers had done. But today we're going to cut it off in the name of Jesus. Today we're going to sever ourselves from the sins of the forefathers so that we will start to move faster because some of that junk, they're still throwing the hooks from a distance and said, hey, don't you realize you belong to us? Don't you realize this is negative stuff is supposed to happen to you because they agreed that before you were born. But in the name of Jesus today, we are breaking the cycle. We are destroying the covenants. We are cutting the cords. We are destroying it today. And we're going to move at the rate God has designed for us. And we're going to achieve. And all the blockages are going to break off. Someone say amen. Someone say amen. Nehemiah 9, verse 1 to 3. 
Now on the 24th month, the month that the children of Israel were gathered with fasting in sackcloth and with dust on their heads. Then those of the Israelite lineage separated themselves from all foreigners. That's not racism. It's just about the influence. The foreigners were worshipping other gods. That's what it's about. And they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. They stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord God for one-fourth of a day. For six hours they read. And for another fourth, another six hours, they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. God brought a tremendous renewal back at that time. Also in the time of Daniel, the prophet. Daniel chapter 9 verse 16, 17. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem. Your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquity of our fathers. Someone say today in Jesus' name, we are going to destroy the iniquity of our fathers. In Ezra chapter 9 says, since the days of our fathers to this day we have been very guilty. For our iniquities, we are kings and our priests have delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to the captivity, and to the plunder, and to the humiliation, as it is this day. And he goes on to tell us that he had to confess the sins of his fathers. Amen. Everyone say amen. amen. Some of our fathers went to, uh, or in our families, went to D. Lawrence. Some went to Freemasons. Some went to Masonic Lodges. Some went to witch doctors. I'm saying I'm repeating this purposely. And some went to all kinds of things to secure wealth and secure prosperity. And what happens to the children, the Bible says that the, the Lord says that the curse can come down or the curse through the fathers can come to the third and the fourth generation. It says this in the book of Exodus chapter 20. And so the curses in another area of the Bible says that the curses can come down 10 generations. A generation from 40 to 70 years. And I tell you, 10, that's, that's a lot of time. So things that maybe 700, 500 years ago, I don't even know that part of the family, but they bow themselves down to witch doctors. And I'm feeling the pain of it right now. But in the name of Jesus, I'm going to make some utterances from my mouth because that's all we have to do and it's going to separate us from the power of darkness. Amen. What happens is in lodges particular, uh, oaths are taken by the members of various lodges containing statements which dedicate their offspring and descendants to the service of the lodge automatically. The children don't have to go there but because the parents went there, the children are automatically members of the lodge. Once a person who has been dedicated in such ways, except Jesus Christ, this is what happens. He or she effectively breaks the declaration. But to the demon spirits that were assigned to ensure the fulfillment of the declaration to the dedication to Satan, that person has now become a traitor. And immediately a curse, listen, immediately it's activated in their system of witchcraft and those works of Freemasons and so on. 
they activate automated in that is a curse of destruction is then activated into the life of the person by these demons. So you see the philosophy, the philosophy of this world. If a person can't be held to his dedication, the demons attempt to destroy him or her. But they can't when you come to Jesus. They can't hold you. They can't hold your children. They can't hold your money. They can't hold your business. They can't hold your body. So some of the sickness that we feel has come down through this route. But in the name of Jesus, if you believe God can and will do miracles, he shall do miracles today. I said he'll do miracles. You've got just to believe this preacher. Believe even if you don't see me, but see Jesus speaking through me, through my mouth and telling us there is the curse will be broken. We hope you enjoyed listening to one of Bishop Keith McLeod's messages. If you receive ministry from this message, feel free to partner with us or give a one-time donation at bishopkeithmcleod.com. God bless you.